Hi, my name is Destinado T, and I am today's host for the podcast Beyond the Self. Today, I will be talking about friendship and community and its grave importance. So do join me for this wonderful ride. And thank you for always tuning in. Today's podcast is about weathering the storm. Is it possible to consistently face the inevitable hardships of life alone? I want to dive into the importance of friendship and community. Well, even though we came into the world solo, our yearning to be close to one another and belong is so strong and prehistoric even. Now, I want you to do this. Imagine yourself all alone, not knowing where your next meal would come from and not possessing the mental fortitude to find a good enough solution to solve your present problem. The stakes, very high. It seems likely the survival might be a fleeting dream. But when all hope seemed lost, you came across a fellow in your same predicament. In your similar lows, you both bonded, sharing the mission of survival. Now, this would be the case of our ancestors who inhabited the horns of Africa centuries ago. Not assured of a tomorrow, the only thing that could solve their problem was sticking together. Now, although, put very simply, well, our chances of lasting in the wild and alone without the tools or the mental fortitude we have today would spell travesty. Now, in order to survive, we had to stick together. So being with people is embedded within our instinct to survive, you know, from several years of evolution, all leading to today. Although we are currently fighting against our very biology, but the way things are now, that instinct is still telling us that we have to work together. It still calls out, and we need to answer it to survive. Now, I love stories. I love doing things with people. And most of the things that I remember, that my teacher said from school, you know, were the stories they told, either about war or the numerous achievements their children had. But the key is, I still remember, and I'm sure you do too. I want to share a story about two people who by normal standards are not popular, but did something very profound to ensure that our stay on earth is bliss. Our protagonist, Dr. Frank Sherwood Rowland, also known as Sherry, and Dr. Mario Molina. Dr. Sherry started a chemistry program at University of California, Irvine, in 1964, in which Dr. Mario Molina was his postdoctoral student. Now, although different in every way, they still became friends, as Dr. Mario said, 
We had very different personalities, but we became very close friends. Dr. Mario wanted a challenge, and Dr. Sherry had just the right thing. Atmospheric chemistry. Tackling the question of what happens to chlorofluorocarbons in the environment. Now, assuming we didn't pay too much attention to the stories our teachers told, we'd remember that CFCs are really, they're really bad for the environment, and they had to be stopped. You know, being used in air conditions, right? Well, back to the story. At that time, CFCs were used in a lot of things. From refrigerators to pesticides to deodorants and even hairsprays. A British chemist, James Lovelock, discovered that CFCs remained in the atmosphere, drifted around the planet for far longer than anyone imagined. And this sparked the curiosity of Sherry. Now, Sherry and Mario suspected that there might be more to the story and decided to dig deep, you know, as any scientist would. Mario spent months poring over published data, running calculations, and conferring with Sherry. After a while, it became too obvious and yet so hard to believe. They found that CFCs carried by wind currents to the stratosphere were breaking down the Earth's ozone layer. Now, the ozone layer is something you don't want to lose. Because without it, we would be feeling the true effect of the sun. Now, it's already hot as it is. I mean, I can't, you know, imagine dealing with that. But the problem is, it's not just the unbearable heat. It's the skin cancers, the cataracts, and the weakening of our immune system. You know, those are the terrible stuff. Finding this out... The only thing they could do was share it, right? You know, tell people that this is dangerous. Well, they published the paper in the scientific journal, Nature, which hypothesized that CFCs stay in the atmosphere for 40 to 150 years. That's a lot. They warned that when CFCs reach the stratosphere, ultraviolet radiation from the sun causes them to decompose and release chlorine which in turn causes a chain reaction that destroys the ozone layer at an alarming rate. The normal reaction should be panic, right? And the immediate ban on anything, starting with a C. Well, well, no. No one believed them. What they faced was practically ostracism. Talks and conferences they were supposed to speak at were pulled right from under them. Now, although the CFC industry might be folklore today, it was once a billion-dollar industry. Two scientists without a Nobel Prize to their name, well, yet, trying to challenge this fast-growing industry. Well, by normal standards, that would be silly. Well, but they both know that if they kept quiet... It would not be normal things that would happen. What would you do in this situation? 
Would your systems be on flight or fight mode? Or would we stand our ground and challenge this behemoth and save the world? If you by any chance run into a lion, well, well, you don't try to come to an understanding with it. No, you run for your life and hope it already had lunch. But this time the stakes were too dire and things were cascading fast. Understanding that they were in this together and that none of them were going to back down, they made this their life's mission to stop the situation from becoming worse. I don't think Dr. Sherry would have attempted such a feat if he did not have Dr. Mario reminding him and working with him and saying that this is important and that no matter the cost, we have to fight. They found their purpose together and it was not one that they could attempt alone. Their profound respect and admiration for each other, which led to a great friendship, enabled them to stick together for the long run to ensure that what they believed came to fruition. Now, it took many years and the addition of several people, but it happened and a Montreal Protocol was formed banning the use of CFCs. The Storms of Life What Dr. Mario and Dr. Sherry faced are part of the inevitable storms of life that are always coming. Now, we can't avoid those kind of things. We can only choose to be prepared. We can only choose to face them together. We can only choose to either allow those situations to make or break us. Dr. Mario and Sherry together allowed those situations to make them closer as friends and to make them take an action, to stand up for what they believed as scientists that in as much as they didn't really have a shot they weren't going to cower and sit down and let things go to waste because they had children to fight for. They had colleagues to fight for. Their collective love for the planet and their interest and curiosity in their field said, no, you have to stand up and you have to fight. They both bonded together in their purpose and they knew that it's only it's only they that can achieve it. It's only they that, you know, would put it on the line. So they came together on that one purpose and achieved it. Now, a major part of my podcast is based on the research of Gene Olang, who serves as a CEO for the nonprofit aspect of Virgin. And she wrote the amazing book called Partnering. And in that, she talks about various partnerships and how they wouldn't have become successful businesses or successful nonprofits or successful initiatives, if not for the connection, the bond, the respect at the start. This is the same thing with Dr. Mario and Dr. Sherry. Their unique respect, their love, their sincerity with each other that bonded and made them knew that 
we can both do this together. Because I know you have my back and I know I have yours. So we can both be in it for the long run knowing that no one would leave. They understand, understood that. And it was easier to make this their life purpose and commit to it for the long term. Because usually we find that... Mm, I want to do something. I, I want to do something big. It's going to be hard. But I know I can't do this alone, obviously, because it's, it's bigger than myself. But once once you find those people or that person that you have that mutual love, that respect, that you, you can be sincere with that person, can also be sincere with you, well, you both can band with a united purpose to make things happen to make things happen to strive together and to achieve that common goal and in that book she talks about so many successful partnerships like with the partnerships with the elders dr bishop archbishop tutu nelson mandela and even some u.s presidents from the combination of mutual love, respect, sincerity, all coming together within a common purpose could transport a partnership to the roof. From the connection of Dr. Mario and Dr. Sherry, the Montreal Protocol was formed. Now, they could have gone at it alone, you know, just them, but in the book, she says, based on that connection, that acts as the framework. They're like the foundation, the why, you could say, according to Simon Sinek, you know. Everything has to be built on why. It has to be built on why Why are you doing this? What's the What's the reason? Is it, is it something that is deeply embedded within you? Can you live without this? It has to be from that aspect, being your true self. And once that is examined that you can connect with someone, well, you can build so many phenomenal things. Because now it's not just about, you know, money or status or honor. It's about something bigger than than yourself, you know. Satisfying that instinct within you that, no, I'm not here for myself only. I'm here for others. So I have to do this. And you both come together with with your why, connect with the purpose, then spread, and it becomes the how. How are we going to do this? Who who do we need? And you start adding more people. They keep on getting. It keeps on building within that umbrella. Then it opens up wider, and it comes to the what? What do we want to achieve? Or we want to abolish the use of CFCs. And how long will it take? And it keeps on, keeps on keeping on. And now, CFC is not a thing. We don't have to worry about them. But the work isn't done. We also have the heat waves to contend with. We also have the the onset of so many disasters. But it keeps on keeping on. Based off of the profound connection of these two people.
There was a time when I was in great need. I needed a friend, and I needed someone to do something with. I had this competition to attend, and it was virtual, and I couldn't do it at home. There were some issues, and I had to, you know, step out and do it. But it was really important to me, and I was working with people, so the stakes were high as well. And I. Someone's one of my friends' name came to mind, and I decided to give them a call. And this was really last minute. I wasn't really expecting anyone to, you know, pick up or even say yes. And my friend, he said yes, and he came, picked me, and we went to a very suitable place, and we were able to do it. And I joined the meeting, and things went very well. And he stayed throughout, and he was there. Now, for me, that was a storm. That was one of those storms, and I couldn't weather it alone. And my friend was there to help me go through with it, to hold my hand and say, "You're not alone in this. We can do this together." And to me, that has meant a lot. That has meant so much, because I knew that this is something I saw as a big problem, but just. Not, but leaving it, leaving it for myself was going to be very hard. But immediately, immediately I added someone else. You know, like they say, a problem shared is half solved. Well, immediately I added him. It was half solved, or it was completely solved, and it became a passing issue. Now, we all know two heads are better than one. It's a common saying. I mean, if we all would could have that one person that is there no matter what, pushing us, cheering us on, doing what, doing the work with us, testing us, and saying, mm, "Are you sure?" Many successful partnerships, a lot, most of them, I could even say all of them, are built on. Shared purpose built on togetherness, built on that that love that we all want, that connection. Almost a, a lot of successful partnerships. There's so much evidence that it it feels, you know, kind of weird going at something big alone. It feels weird. Well, why do you want to do it alone? Do you, do you want all the all the credit to yourself or? You just you just don't you know have someone to do it with. Why do you want to do it alone? We as human beings inherently want to be be part of something. We want to belong. We want to do things together. It's part of our biology. We can't deny that. It's part of who we are. So deciding to go at things alone, especially the big stuff, you know, it's like. There's a pushback a little. It's like, can you really do this? And it's not about second guessing ourselves. It's about extending ourselves and and extending beyond we beyond our reach. There's a limit to the things I can do personally, and I know that I'm fully aware of that. So I know that I need someone who not just compliments me, but can challenge me to do better. Can can say. No, that's it.
this is wrong. I see where you're coming from, but have you tried this? And I can also do the same for that person. And it becomes something that we can do that brings us greater meaning. Now, most of the things I've done, you know, the experiences I've had that have been very profound were the ones I shared with people, you know, with my friends. And to me, those were really profound. Now, if I had done those, you know, gone on those things alone, well, probably I would have, sure, enjoyed it a bit. But I, looking back, I wouldn't have felt the nostalgia. I probably wouldn't have even taken pictures. But due to that shared experience, we all have something to talk about that. You know, we experienced this together and it was marvelous. And yeah, let's do it again. Let's do more of this. Now, we all chase after those highs, you know, those connections with friends. That's why we have the hangouts, you know, we call our friends occasionally because we want, we want that good feeling, you know. We want it. It's important to us. You know, our body craves it. But the way the world is today, we're being, we're denying ourselves of, of that. We're denying ourselves of it. Now, to add more flesh and give some, some actual evidence to why friendship and community is important, I would like to talk about the Harvard study. Now, this was a study done in the 30s. It was about tracking 724 Harvard men throughout their lives till their death. Now, this was before the Second World War. So immediately after these men graduated, they were going into the war. And currently, there was another study being done on disadvantaged children from Boston, children coming from really bad backgrounds. And both studies were checking the same thing. They wanted to track and see what are the makings of a good life. They don't know. They're not sure. There's no hypothesis to reach. They just want to go along for the ride and see. What did these men do? What did these people do that made their lives happier when they were old or more fulfilled when they were young? What did they do differently? And the survey, the study has gone on for a long time. Now it is seen over 2,000. Now it's take looking at those about four of those men are still alive and it's looking at the, the great-grandchildren of those men and and so many others that there is overwhelming evidence this study has provided now it has changed four directors over the years and the current one Robert Waldinger gave a TED talk about their findings and it was a really profound experience listening to that TED talk. It, it gave off numerous insights. And a message from Robert was, good relationships keep us happier and healthier, period. Good relationships keep us happier and healthier, period. Now, this is man that is part of a study that is overwhelmingly embedded with evidence. They tracked 
the brain scan. They did numerous tests. They spoke to their wives, their children, their co-workers, getting different aspects of their lives and say, what could it possibly be? What could be the reason for happiness? Why? What should we invest in? What should we go all out in? And they found that it was relationships, friendships, good old quality friendships. I mean, this is common knowledge. This is something, you know, make friends, yeah, make good friends, yes. But this could be the reason why we stay happier and lead fulfilled lives and become happier in our 80s. Well, yes, this is the reason. And it's profound how common it is, you know, that, you know, good relationships keep us happier and healthier. And the thing is, it's not even about the the amount of friends. It's not, it's not making many friends. It's it's the quality. It's doubling down on those relationships you already have. You know, making more time, making more room. And saying, this is important. This is going to be good for me and this is going to be good for them. So let's let's invest in this. Let's allow it to compound. Let's not just leave it there. Let's, let's do something. And that is important because there's no loneliness. I mean, which is which, which comes as a result of not investing in these relationships is really dangerous to us. It's really dangerous. It's equivalent to smoking half a pack of cigarettes a day. And that is truly dangerous to our health. Loneliness is bad for you. Now, they found that good relationships, you know, they don't just protect our bodies. They also protect our brains in the process. In relationships where couples really count on each other, the data shows that as they age, their memory remains sharp. Many you can really count on people, when, when you feel the trust, the connection, when we have invested in those relationships, not 30s, mar- marriage, you know, friends, best friends, when we've really invested in those relationships, we know that, mm, sure, there's a possibility, there's a probability, but there's also an upside, and there's, it's likely I'm going to keep my memory, I'm going to be sharp. In his Blue Zone research, the National Geographic explorer and author Daniel Bildner found that one of the communities with many centenarians was in Okinawa, Japan. Now, the centenarians are people who live over a hundred. Well, he found out the secret that enabled them to live long and healthy lives was what they call the Moas which is a group of five friends who are committed to to come together and support each other for the rest of their lives. Well, you could imagine this as some sort of friendship marriage. These people come together and say, we are in this together. I'm here for you. You're here for me. Let's do this. And imagine this being the reason 
that they lived so long. I mean, a hundred years is a lot. Lived through world wars, famines, the crash of 2008, so many other crashes, even COVID. And you're still alive. Not just because of some generated medicine, but because of friendships. Not just because you do exercise every day. Or not just because of some diet, but because you decided, no, I took a decision and I kept in touch. Not just in touch, I connected. I doubled down on these relationships and I made it happen, however hard it would have been. But I made it happen. And this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is what we're supposed to be doing. This is this is the thing that would make us happy. This is the thing that we need. We have to be be more conscious about 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 our friendships, about the about the way in which they are going. We have to invest. We can't just be sideliners and say, "Oh, if it happens, it happens." But no, we have to be actively participating in the process of making these friendships work, connecting. This is part of our DNA. We have to, to survive. We have to live beyond ourselves and say, if not just for me, for for that person I, that I claim I love, you know, if it's not, if I'm not doing it for myself, let me do it for that person. Let me do it for these people. Let's connect in love. Let's do things together. Or even better, let's let's have a shared purpose and achieve something bigger than ourselves together. It's beautiful doing things. It brings us great meaning, enjoyment and satisfaction. Regardless of how hard it will be, because it will be hard. But knowing you have someone that when the days get tough, you can rest on their shoulder and say, this is crazy. How are we going to make this happen? There's so much challenge. But just knowing that that person who might not have all the answers would comfort you and say, we're in this together. I'm not going to leave you. We're going to make things happen. And we're going to live beyond ourselves to ensure that we achieve this. This is what we have to do. That's what we have to invest in. Our friendships and our communities. Because only those things would bring us true meaning and connect us to our love and purpose. Thank you for being a part of this experience. I hope we've been able to go on this journey together. And I hope we can all put what we've learned into practice. I hope we can all call that friend and say, hey, let's hang out. And hey, let's do this more often. Or we can start that thing. That thing that seems too big. We, that might, we might not even accomplish in this generation. But let's start it. Let's put the things we have learned into action. Because those things will make us happier. And we deserve to be happy. So, share this with a friend. And 
Let's get on being happy and weathering storms. Thank you.